Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Jason Chow. Jason, welcome to the show. Hi, Henry. Thanks for having me. It's a real privilege. I'm excited to have you with us today, Jason. Uh, Jason is the co-founder and chief video officer for Animoto. Uh, Animoto is an award-winning online video maker that makes it easy for anyone, including small business owners, to create professional quality marketing videos. Even if you have no technical skills and you've never created a video before, uh, their mission is one of empowering everyone to create powerful videos, regardless of your age or experience. Uh, Jason founded Animoto with his high school and Dartmouth college friends back in 2006. Animoto's certified partnerships with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the Small Business Administration give it uh, unique insights into the changing social media and business landscape, which is part of their answer as to why there's more than a million businesses around the world that are already using Animoto to create marketing videos. Uh, prior to founding Animoto, Jason was a producer for MTV Networks and for Comedy Central. He currently lives in New York City. And so today's episode, we're going to chat about his entrepreneurial journey, how he got to founding his business. And then we're going to dive into using video for small business marketing. So once again, Jason Shao, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to talk about all this. Absolutely. But first, I got uh, to ask about your fascination with pivot tables. What's that all about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of like a nerd all around. Yeah, and, uh, you're a geek. There's no doubt about that. I, I, I love all things. Well, I obviously love all things video, but I, I also just I, just, I think most people know me as just staring at spreadsheets <laughs> and, and all, all day long. So I, I love my data. This must have come in part from uh, your days in college, I'm suspecting. Well, I think uh, just, you know, I don't know. I just, I just love information. And I think when you're working, especially like in a tech company where you don't necessarily get to see your customers face-to-face every day, maybe like in other industries, um, I think, you know, data is, is certainly one of the best yeah. kind of forms of input that we can rely on on the day-to-day. But certainly, you know, certainly doesn't replace having real conversations with real people, which we try to do as much as we can. But I, I don't know. I just love data. Yeah, and I hear you. Well, what did you study in college? I actually was a economics and computer science major, mm. or whatever that's worth. <laughs> so, I mean, you ended up in a, in the technology field, but what what did you think back then? Did you think you would start your own business? Well, uh, you know, I've always, I think, my entire life, I've always been like kind of a technology nerd, and I've always been obsessed with video. We're, you know, my friends and I are always doing crazy video projects, even, you know, back in high school. Um, but you know, what, what, uh, what happened kind of in the, in, I guess this is the, you know, we've been at Animoto for about 10 years, so I guess in the years prior to that, it was a fascinating time. Cause you know, we just, everything was changing so quickly. Everything still is changing, but you know, my buddy and I, uh, Stevie, who was doing documentary work also, you know, TV work here in New York city, uh, we, you know, despite having, I don't know what, I guess we'd consider dream jobs or working in TV and we love video, right? What could be better? It's just like, we could not help but see how fast everything around us was changing. The, and mind you, this is like before, you know, the heydays of Facebook and, and iPhones, but it was already obvious, like phones are getting smaller and smaller to the 
point that they can like fit in your pocket and they're probably going to have internet connection and they're probably going to have video right and and cloud computing and social you know media starting to like um, explode and so it just seemed obvious to us that everything was going to change quickly video had to be front and center with all of this at some point and we just didn't want to we couldn't stop thinking about it we just we, we didn't want to miss out yeah you didn't want to miss out on it and it was exciting and did you feel then perhaps that in the corporate world you were going to be somewhat confined and someone else was going to dictate where you could play and where you can experiment and where you can what you could do was that part of why you thought let's go do our own thing yeah, we just were, you know, we were just like, wow, with all this cloud computing stuff and everything, how everything's changing and people have these computers in their pocket, like, it just seemed like, wow, now we're living in the wild, wild west, let's, we, we got to be a, a part of this. And so what we actually started doing is we started working on tech, this technology stuff, you know, on the nights and weekends, just to even see if it was possible to, you know, you know, specifically like we're rendering frames of custom frames of video frame for frame in the cloud, something that no one had ever done before. And we just wanted to even see if that was possible. And once we figured out, I mean, it was a long, that was a long process in and of itself. But once we kind of proved ourselves that it was technically possible, we were like, hey, let's give ourselves a chance to see if we can turn this into a real business. And so we quit our jobs. And here we are 10 years later. And luckily, you know, videos is, is not only here, but it's really kind of still only growing in importance. And indeed, you know, these, these mobile devices are very video centric and social media and the cloud has really transformed a lot of the way we do things. So luckily all those, you know, those early uh, kind of uh, anxieties slash interests in how things are changing panned out. And here we are today. Yeah, I know. And, and like you said, and like we're going to get more into for small businesses in particular, it's a powerful way to market. But I want to go back to as you were quitting your job, I, I wanted to, if you could take me through that experience. Where were you guys financially? Did you have money put aside? How did you go about making that transition financially to quit your job and start this business? I love that you're asking that because this is um, sometimes it's it's like maybe not the not the the sexy version of entrepreneurship, but it's the most practical and important of how you actually practically, you know, get something off the ground. Um, so, you know, for us, listen, we were like, we're, we're 10 years into life, you know, post-college. And so it's not like we're just jumping out of school with nothing to lose. And, you know, we had significant others. We have, you know, either rent, serious rent or mortgages here in New York City. So it's not like, yeah, we could just like quit and quit our day jobs and yeah. have no income. It wasn't so, trivial. It was a big, it was a big decision. Yeah. So, you know, what we did specifically uh, is um, so we had four co-founders. We each put in into kind of a, a central pool of, of, of funds um, kind of what we thought was the minimal amount that we needed to get by through one year. So we basically said, Hey you guys, let's give ourselves one year to see if we can pull this off. So, you know, so we we're like, what do we each need? to live minimally in New York City for one year and, um, and give us a shot. And the reason for putting it back, putting it kind of centrally, and then essentially just paying ourselves back out that money was just to make sure that, you know, that we were all being kind of accountable to each other, that no one was like stressing over feeding themselves or paying around. We could just get by, right? Um, and so we were all comforted knowing that, you know, yeah, we're going to be living minimally, but we didn't have to worry about, you know, anyone... Um, kind of living a distressed life over this, uh, an overly distressed life, I should say, because obviously starting any company is, is stressful, but, um, uh, you know, for that year. And that's, that's kind of how we got started. And it was important for us um, as to, to do that in part, because as anyone knows about fundraising, um, it's not just about 
going out there and selling your ideas. It's, it's the more traction you have, the more leverage you have in your negotiation, either in terms of how much you can raise or how much of your company you need to, you know, you need to part with that you need to kind of like sell. So, um, you know, for us just to have these mini milestones every one or two years of saying, how far can we get to, uh, to really show, you know, potential investors that, um, that we were making progress and that we were really growing a valuable company was um, really important. So, so the early days, you know, we just got ourselves off the ground just to get some initial traction. But, you know, over the, over the years, we first started with some, you know, we call it kind of our, our like our family and friends round to kind of get us going. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, a bunch of people writing us relatively small checks. And then a few years in, once we had some solid traction, we got some uh, VC funding from a group in Seattle. And then a few years after that, we got some uh, funding. Actually, Amazon is one of our um, investors. And then we also got a, um, another chunk of change from a, a VC group. So we've definitely relied on, on funding, but we did kind of, uh, kind of push ourselves in those early years to make sure we could prove things out. Yeah, no, an amazing journey. Going back to that first year, Jason, did you, I'm assuming you had certain milestones that you had to achieve to consider where to go, no go at the end of that first year, right? As far as what yep. the business was going to do. Yep. I've heard, you know, there's different approaches and different philosophies, but, but one of the approaches is that that really gives you that motivation to work towards to get this thing either done or move on to the next thing, as opposed to what we can often do with a, with a business is keep throwing money at it, keep throwing effort, and someday maybe it'll happen. What is your thought? Do you think that was the way to go to have that one year uh, mark and, and you, you were either going to continue or not? Or was that the approach even? I think that was super helpful. And it actually took, you know, uh, you know, a little bit longer than a year for us to really kind of get that traction that we needed. But basically kind of having that goal because you need enough, you need enough time to really, you know, give yourself a chance of showing, you know, that kind of that, tra- that traction, that momentum, that progress. Um, but you know, to be realistic, a lot of startups, um, don't make it and you know, you don't want to, uh, if, if it's clear after a year that things aren't going anywhere for whatever reason, it could be, it, it might not have anything to do with the, the market or the technology or the product. Maybe it's just issues with, you know, your, your team or your, your co-founders or whatever, who knows? Um, then maybe it's time to, to try, either try something else or, you know, go back, you know, go back in our case, go back to TV. But for us, it, it was a, an awesome um, opportunity just to give ourselves that year. And obviously it paid off. So I think setting that goal of, for us, it was specifically, let's get a, uh, the product built and launched and live and get people actually making video. And one of the lessons learned that, um, we had from the first dot com boom and bust, which a couple of us lived through in the Bay area is you can't just have a product. You actually have to start with, you actually have to have some kind of business model. Yeah. Um, and that sounds obvious today, but back then it was interesting. We had a lot of people trying to give us advice, like, dudes, you don't charge for people. You don't charge on the internet. Everything is free. Look at Google, look at Yahoo. Like it's all advertising based. And we were just like, we had to have the conviction that we were building of something of actual value that people would pay for. Um, but the fact that we launched the product with, you know, a, an initial business model was like three bucks a video or 30 bucks, you know, for unlimited videos for a year or something like that showed that we had a, pro- we had a product. People are using it. People are willing to pay for it. And check, 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 like, you know, when you start showing those proof points to people out there, they're like, great, you already accomplished all that in a year. Where does it go from here? Let's, uh, we want to join this train. So those, those milestones were really important for us. Yeah, no doubt. 
All right. One of the things you guys are known for now, 10 years later, is, is the environment that you've created at Animoto. People enjoy working there. The culture is strong. Yeah. Tell me about building that. Was, some, was that something you were conscious of from day one or did it come later? Share with me how you got to where you are with that. Yeah, we're super proud of the culture we've built here. And, and we've been like part of New York Crane's best places to work for several years now. You, you know, for me, I think the defining moment is I think back of where this all came from. I read this book, um, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. He's, he's now the, uh, you know, like the CEO of, of Zappos, if yeah, for those great, who know. Great book. Um, but uh, so it turns out before Zappos, he started this company called, uh, I want to say it's called like Linked Exchange or something like that. And ran it for a couple of years and, and ended up selling to Microsoft for like $280 million. And you're like, that's the, that's the dream, right? But in the book, he talked about how miserable he was. Like to the fact that he didn't even want to like get out of bed. Like he just kept hitting snooze, snooze, snooze because he just didn't want to go into work. And as it turns out, he just really did not like the people there. And, and it just turned in a very toxic environment. And I didn't. When I read it, I was just, I could not understand. I was like, dude, it's your company. If you don't like it, change it. But now, you know, having built this company, I realized that at some point, this whole concept of culture just kind of takes on a life of its own. And, 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 and I was like, okay, so man, life's too short to like be spending so much time at work and not enjoy it. So from day one, we were like, you know what? We, we don't know where this thing's going to go, but we'll be damned if we're not enjoying coming into work. And I think just that spirit um, and almost that, that fear of building something that we didn't enjoy coming into was really that seed. And I think from there, it, it, it fed a lot of other decisions about you know, what, how we make decisions, the people we hire, who are we inspired being around. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it was just like, what kind of environment do we want to walk into every day? And a lot just has to do with surrounding yourselves with the type of people that that make you a better person and inspire you and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that question, Jason, even if you don't end up growing a business to the size that you have, I think it's such an important question because I think it's one of the key reasons and luxuries that we get out of being a small business owner about owning our own business is we get to create that environment. So, so why, why create something that we're going to be miserable with, right? Yep, exactly. Um, when you think back early days, can you think of an example or two of, uh, of sacrifices or things that you didn't do or you did do that were related to, we're not going to do this or we're going to do this because we know the impact that's going to have long-term on the culture? Ah, interesting. Um, let's see. I think, I think one of the most defining moments for us, uh, it was kind of a few years in, um, I think what, what we, what happened and I'm not sure if, how happy my team will be of me being this transparent, <laughs> but I'm just going to go for it. One of our big learnings was, uh, at first we were so excited because this thing that we had built, we were like, oh my gosh, all these people are using it. All these different types of people that more than we could have ever even thought of. And we, we thought, how great is this? Um, and it, as it turns out, I think in retrospect, that was like faux success. Um, and the reason why is because um, we are just being pulled in like 20 different directions because we just didn't really have a, the, we, we were, when we started the company, like I, as you can't, as you could probably tell from me talking, we we're the total product and technology nerds. We we're like creating technology patents and we thought that was so cool. Um, but we, I wouldn't say we really had that clarity of focus in terms of 
who we were serving. Yeah. And at some point, I think we were being pulled in so many different directions that it not only made, I think, for a kind of a relatively crappy user experience because it's like we're it was like a patchwork quilt of a you know like a Frankenstein product because we we're just trying to serve so many different people. But internally, it hurt. It it was hard for our culture because I think people didn't know what what they were working for or towards. They didn't know if they were working on them something important or not. People were not aligned and, and you could really feel that tension of being pulled in a lot of different ways. And ultimately, I think the one of the best things that happened to us is we had to step back and say, would we rather be kind of good at a lot of things or best in the world at one thing? And obviously we were like, let's be best in the world at one thing. And, and what, we focus, what we chose is serving small businesses, both because we could relate to that personally and also because we felt like that was a great market opportunity that hadn't been served yet. And when that happened, man, everything just started falling in place in terms of alignment, in terms of morale, in terms of people really feeling like that unity of, of vision and direction and being excited about what they're working on. Um, so I don't know if that answers exactly no, what you're no, asking, but for me, that, that, was, that was one of our most pivotal moments. It's just really having that clarity and that unity and that alignment and direction and having a real focus and just saying, you know what, we don't have to be good at 20 things. Let's be best in the world at one thing better than everyone else. Uh, and, and that worked some, a lot of magic here. Yeah. And, and clearly, and then clearly communicating that to the team and, and what yep. you described is very typical in my experience, especially because you guys were, were heads down building and creating, and it's very easy for us to not yet define, okay, now that we know what this thing is and what it can do, where are we specifically going? And then everybody follows and the culture builds from there. So it makes perfect sense that you went through that challenge early on. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is Henry Lopez. Before we continue with this episode, I have a few questions for you. Are you struggling with getting started or making the transition from your corporate job to starting your own business? Or are you a current small business owner who needs help with managing and growing your business? Are you ready to invest in your future? I invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. Just text BIZCOACH to 31996 for more information. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business dreams and goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner, I understand the challenges you are facing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions so that you can make progress towards achieving your goals. I can help you get there. To find out more or to schedule your free coaching session, just text BIZCOACH to 31996 now. That's B-I-Z-C-O-A-C-H, BIZCOACH, to 31996. Or visit thehowabusiness.com. All right, so let's get into video marketing for a small business. You tweeted, I think, the other day, and I'm and you've mentioned this in various ways, but I'll I'll quote this tweet. You said, I believe video is the most compelling and effective way to communicate what's important. Uh, yep. why do you think that's the case? Well, so it's interesting, right? We see video everywhere these days. I I I used to have to spend a lot more time on why video, but now it's kind of obvious that we just see video everywhere. And in the last couple of years, especially, there's been all these incredible stats and study, studies and stats and, and tests about how video has, uh, you know, impacted marketing. But some of the some of the stats off the top of my head that that have made an impression on me is 
you know, people recall six times the amount of information from a video than from text. Or video generates 12 times more shares on social media than text and images combined. And, and as, a, as a business, I think the one, one that, that really is important for a lot of us small businesses is after watching a video, 64% are more likely to buy a product online. But, the, but to me, you know, and the stats go on and on and on and on. But to me, the, the fundamental reason why is because video is so compelling. It's like this multi kind of dimensional uh, disciplinary form of communication that really speaks to a lot of how, how people consume information. And the, the, re, the, the, the reason why we're seeing video everywhere now is pretty simple. It's just, it's people out there um, wa increasingly want to consume their information, their content um, through video. And so what we as businesses need to remember and to learn is that we need to deliver our message, our information, our content in the way that people out there want that information. And increasingly that's, that's video. So. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and obviously, Jason, as you alluded to, the way that we're consuming that information, which is primarily on our cell phones, yep, we're, we're going through a lot of content real fast. Swipe, 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 swipe. That that video, it just it's just who we are as humans. It it catches our attention. Yep, yeah, and I think uh, you know what's fascinating is so uh, you know people are literally carrying around their mobile devices. They're attached now to a screen. Um, and as we see, you know, video is everywhere. So I think, you know, in our world, uh, what, you know, we're, what we hear all the time from businesses is they're like, okay, okay, I see video everywhere. But listen, uh, I have no experience with any of this stuff. And I, by the way, I have no time. And I have no, and, and also, by the way, I don't have these extravagant budgets like these big companies do. Um, and the biggest, I think, question we hear from businesses, especially small businesses, is like, how the heck do we stand out on social media? Because there's just, it seems like there's so much noise and so much over information and even misinformation. So that's really kind of like the world that, that we live in is really trying to empower folks, especially small businesses with the power of video and, and, and how they can stand out on social media. Absolutely. And the thing I hear over and over that I want to get your thoughts on is, uh, um, I don't want to be on the video. I'm not good enough. It has to be professional. I, I don't have, like you said, the budget. So there's that barrier that we're scared of it. We've never been there. We've never done it. We think it has to be, you know, a Ford commercial. So talk to me about that and the effectiveness of something that does not have to be so polished. In fact, it might be even more effective if it's not. Yeah, there's so many different dimensions. I think you really hit kind of in a in on like the the heart of a lot of people's hangups, and there's a lot of things packed into what you just said. So I think you know, first of all, you know, like the the no time, no money thing. That you know, yeah, maybe five, ten years ago, you had to go hire someone to do this kind of stuff. But um, and and obviously, vi typical video editors are really complicated. But I like to think that similar to what has happened with like you know uh, websites. Um, or, you know, email or stuff like this. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you had to go spend 30,000 bucks to hire someone to make a website for you. But with these great drag and drop builder tools like Wix, Squarespace, or, you know, with on email like MailChimp, anyone can do this stuff, right? And so I, I like to think that Animoto and, 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 you know, and other companies who have really kind of ushered in this kind of builder, builder building block type paradigm has really made it much more affordable and accessible to everyone. But I think the other thing is, is um, you know, it's like these people's hang up with not maybe not wanting to be in video. I think it's, if you, as you think about uh, all the different ways that you need to communicate with your audience, you know, most of those form, you know, most of those communications don't actually need to 
to have you in it. Um, you know, as I, I like to say, don't think of video as like this one-off item on your marketing to do checklist. It's not like, Oh, I have a video on my website. I'm done. It's, it's today. It's like a, it's like a form of communication, right? So I, sometimes I say we have to learn to speak video. Um, but you know, it's like your audience, you're trying to on a regular basis, right? Think about all the things you email or post uh, to your blog or you post a social. It's like that kind of, it's that kind of muscle. It's that kind of regularity that we need to be communicating. So if, whether it's, you know, how to's or demos or interviews or event recaps of anything that you've been involved with or testimonials, or if you're regularly putting out stuff, you know, maybe like, you know, um, uh, like you, Henry, you know, it's like content or content teasers or announcements of, you know, when things are going to be available or when's my next fall, you know, the fall, the, my fall collection is being released or, or newsletters. And so people, if you think about what your audience needs, they need, they need all this. They need to be educated. They want to be invited. They want to be announced to, they want to be, uh, they want to know, they want to see the reveal of things. They want to be inspired. So there's lots of ways that we can, can and should be communicating with them. And of course, like, it's always great to make your, you and your brand, you know, more human by, by, by trying to, you know, I always say try to feature real people. If it's not you, um, and I totally get how people might be uncomfortable in front of the camera. Maybe it's a customer or, you know, like it doesn't even have to be an actual video clip of, a, of the customer. Think about all the different just kind of testimonials you probably already have, you know, either on social media or on your Yelp page or whatever type of business you have. You can make a video out of just text or maybe it's text with like a, you know, a stock image behind it. Um, you can do things like, top three reasons why, you know, X, Y, Z or five ways to X, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to feature you. So I think I hear that all the time and I'm like, well, um, that shouldn't be an excuse not to get started with video because, and I think a great place to start that the other question I hear all the time is like, well, I don't even know where to start. I know right. that you just, you just kind of rattled off a hundred different types of videos, but where should <laughs> I start? And I, and I, I say, well, Start with what works. What, think about what in your business already works. What, what message, what tagline, what, what things are you having to say over and over? Um, what's, what's your most popular blog, you know, blog post? Uh, convert that into a video because I think that's your surest way that your first video will actually really resonate um, with your audience. And you know, there's this company, Buffer, that makes great social media tools, but they're really known for their, their blog content. And what they did is they literally just sorted all their blogs. They took the first several most popular blogs and they just started creating videos out of that. They're, most of them were text-based. They, sometimes they just grab the images or graphs or whatever charts that they already had in the blog post and pull that into the video. And then sometimes if it's just text, they'll just grab some stock images or video clips to put in the background to make it more interesting. So there's lots and lots of ways that you can create videos without you having to be uh, in it. And as I just like to remind folks, if you're just, if you're feeling stuck, but you want to like figure out how to get get started. Just start with, you know, what already works for you. Don't think of video as like this whole new type of marketing to learn it. It really is a way to amplify what already works for you. Yeah. A lot of good stuff there. And that makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, again, again, scaling it down, you're not producing this professional commercial. And I love that last example. And let me just kind of add to it then make sure I was following you there. I may have had a blog post. that was, I think was good content. I shared maybe an infographic or some other charts I could create a video that that doesn't even have doesn't have to have me in it. Might have a music background. Might have some uh, stock video. Might have the slides. But it communicates the the heart of that same blog post, but in video fashion. And that's a good easy way to get started. 
Yep, absolutely. Yep. Or if it's a super long post, maybe it's just a, a teaser to it that kind right, of right. takes one of the one or two of the most interesting parts, and then it's like, hey, want to you know want to learn more, want to read more, click here or swipe, you know, swipe. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, that's what I'm starting to do with the podcast is I'll do a, a summary or a snippet of it in video form. And then that's a, a teaser or a lead into then if someone's interested, hopefully they'll go listen to the episode. Yep, exactly. That's a fantastic example. All right. Um, yeah, there was a question I had, but it escaped my mind as often does. It'll come to me later. All right. So let, talk to me. I'm, I'm on the page now on the pricing page. And what I didn't understand about the three plans, there's the personal, the professional, and the business plan. This is on the Animoto site, the $5 personal. So how many videos is that? That's the part I wasn't clear on for that $5 a month. Oh, it's, it's, there's no limit to, you can create as many videos as you want. The main difference between the personal plan and the, and the professional business plan is, is, uh, is the Animoto kind of the branding, right? So, um, you know, so for most businesses, they care about making sure they have their own branding, not Animoto branding. Right. Um, so that's, that's the main difference. But, you know, for a lot of people creating videos for personal use, like their holiday card or whatever, they don't care if it says at the end, you know, made by Animoto. Sure. So, sure. um, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, some of the stuff we've learned over the years is businesses care about things like making sure the video reflects their brand. So, you know, we want to make sure we give businesses the opportunity to, uh, you know, make the colors match their brand, have them choose their own fonts, have them be able to put their logo either at the end of the video animated in a really nice professional way, or maybe in the corner of the video for the entire video. Um, and there's also stuff we we've tried to do to make things, uh, you know, just super easy for folks like, you know, cause like we said, businesses just don't have time or money to deal with a lot of this stuff. So we have like something like several thousand music tracks, real music that we did all the work to commercially license for you. So you don't even have to worry about how you're using music. You can just use it. And we just actually a few weeks ago announced this whole partnership with, uh, you know, with Getty mm -hmm. so that, you know, if you need, if you need, if you don't have images or you want to supplement, you know, whatever it is you're, um, creating a video about, you can grab some stuff from the Getty collection, either images or video clips. And that's a great way to make, just uh, get a, a video quickly too. Um, but I think, you know, one of the, I think one of the best uh, things that we've done, that's, that sounds like it's been super helpful for businesses is we've, we've, um, you know, because we've learning, been learning so much about what makes for successful video, um, especially on social media, that we created this whole collection of starter templates that we call storyboards um, that we just poured all our wisdom and learnings into. Um, and so it's not just a, you know, not only a great place to just kind of get some inspiration for what type of videos you should do next, but you can literally open any of these videos and just drag and drop your own content in there. Maybe change up some of the text to make it or change up some of the colors and put your logo in. And literally like in a few minutes, you can have, um, you can have a video. So it's that easy that we're just trying to make it that simple for, uh, for, for businesses to make videos. Yeah. And I think that's a key part of it, Jason, because that's what gives me, that's the other barrier is, well, I don't know how to structure a video. I don't know what the good components would be of a good compelling marketing video, but that those storyboards help me with that, with laying out a story. Yep. It's going to be compelling. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. And most of these two, I think, remember, this is for social media. We're not creating like these, yeah. th these are not commercials that go on TV. These are not, you know, these long, longer form YouTube videos or, or right. documentaries. So these are short, punchy, you know, usually 15, 20, 30 second videos. So it's not like you need a hundred image, a hundred images or, you know, video clips from your company to make a video. If you have a couple images or a, an image from your Facebook page or whatever, you can great video starting with that. 
Um, typically I like to remind folks less is more. So, um, you know, people's, like you said, people's attention span is really quick on social media. So we got to really make every second count. Yeah. All right. So following that less is more, that kind of a tip, what else do you see small business owners not doing well or mistakes that you see with small business owners as they're trying to use video to market? Is there anything that stands out in addition to less is more that you think people should adjust, especially as they're getting started? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a few things just to remember is that, um, you know, people are typically on, on mobile, which means they're on the go. Yep. Uh, and so we have to remember a few things about that. One is, uh, like we said, they have, that probably is contributing to their increasingly shortening attention span. So let's, let's keep the video short and make every second count. But, but a lot of people aren't watching with audio either. So mm. thinking about making your videos with big punchy text. Um, and I say like, you know, big because like it's on a small mobile screen. Another thing I see people doing often is they'll create like these videos on their big, you know, desktop displays. And then they don't think about like, oh, it's actually, you know, most of the people viewing these videos are viewing it on their mobile device and they can't even see, you know, half the things you might be creating in this bigger video. Um, and I think also, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, so if, if using text, if you have people in your video talking, try to use captions. So just remembering that a lot of people are not listening with, uh, you know, watching with audio. Um, and one thing I, I, I think is, is uh, important folks to try to do if they can is to create square videos because um, there's all sorts of stats and studies about how square videos outperforming landscape. But um, basically just the reason why is land uh, square videos take up like 78% more space in your, in your feed uh, on your phone or on your, you know, in your newsfeed than the landscape videos. And so just the fact that it's that much more visually dominant means it's that much more uh, performance. So those are a few, uh, a few tips. And I think I, uh, the last thing I like to say is um, just remind folks that, uh, you know, I, I say save the best for first, right? You know, it's, this is not, don't save it for last. This is not a theater going audience where, you know, people are going to still be in their seats at the end of your two hour movie. This is social media, which by definition starts with hundred percent, hundred percent of your viewers and only declines from there. And I like to say, you'd, you'd probably be lucky if half the people who started watching your video will make it to the end. So take that most interesting part whether it's a part of a video clip or whether it's your most interesting image or, or if it's a question, whatever you can put right up front. Because if you think about how fast people scroll through their feeds these days, it's like, <laughs> I remember a couple years ago at conferences, people would say, the first five seconds are the most important. I'm like, today, five seconds is like an eternity on your phone. Could you imagine stopping on something for five seconds? So it's, it's literally like not even one second. It's like half a second you have, that's your chance to catch people's attention um, and, and draw them in. And then I think the final thing I'll say is just be, um, I, we've, we've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but it's like, just remember that authenticity is more important than hilarity. Sometimes when I say you have to catch people's attention, people think they have to be funny or they have to be, you know what? It's much more important to be authentic and, and stay true to you, your brand and your audience. Like unless you know you're funny or your brand is supposed to be funny, don't try to be funny. It can actually be pretty painful if you're trying to be funny and you're not. But it's, it's, much, more, it's much more important to be authentic and honest. And if you can make your brand you know, more human because um, there's this great quote by, um, I think his name is uh, Zig Ziglar. He says, if people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. So this whole concept of authenticity and trust is, you know, especially important today. Incredible tips, Jason. Thanks. Those are incredibly actionable tips. Um, 
you know, and as I was thinking of them, as, as I'm writing them down, they so apply to anything that we do online, not just video, because people, yes. that's how people are consuming everything online, whether it's my website or a video or my Facebook post or whatever yep. it might be, right? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, great stuff. Uh, thanks for sharing there. All right, so we, we talked about the pricing plan a little bit. We'll get into a little bit more on that in a moment. Um, we've talked about examples of how small business owners can get started. So tell me more about Animoto. What makes you guys unique? Because there are other players in this space, obviously. What's, and we've touched on some of them, but highlight for me what's unique about Animoto. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, right, so we're, our whole world is, like I said, just about empowering business, small businesses with this power of video. And what we're hearing is that everyone's like, we see video everywhere. We just, we don't know how to kind of get started or catch the wave. So that's, that's what we're all about. And then, so Animoto is, is like, we've, like we've said, is, is a video making tool on web and mobile that is basically just makes it incredibly easy, like drag and drop easy using building blocks. Um, so it's, it's, I almost, Sometimes I compare it to like a toy. It's like you actually can't screw screw it up. There's no way to actually create a failed video, which I think is kind of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, we take a lot of inspiration from you know sites like you know uh, companies like Squarespace and Wix and, and Canva. Some people who folks who are familiar with Canva, some people say we're like the Canva video. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we just want to make it drag and drop simple. We know all the you know all the challenges that businesses have, and so we try to make it you know easy, simple, affordable. We try to give a lot of inspiration. Um, and make sure that people are, um, are, especially through these storyboards I talked about, is make sure that they're not having to learn everything on their own. It's like as much as we can just get people started on a successful you know, foot with all the best practices and learnings that, that we've garnered over the years, um, you know, successful, seeing success, businesses successful with video not only makes us happy, but that makes us a successful company. So, yeah, so, you know, I think our, we've been at this for, 10 years, we are total video nerds. We have these great relationships with all these social media platforms. So we're very much abreast of everything that's changing and, and what's working today and what's coming. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately it's like, it's, the proof is in the pudding. It's like, just make a video. And my favorite moment is seeing people watch their video for the first time and being like, wow, that looks awesome. And they're like, wait, I made that? I made that. Um, that's my favorite part. The proof's in the pudding. It, it, the videos are just awesome and, and they'll make your, they make you look, they make you and your business and your brand look professional. And, and that's what we want. We want to stand out on social media and we want to, we want to look like, uh, the big boys out there. Right. Yeah. No. And the pricing is right. You know, you have a 14 day trial period. The, uh, the annual plans work out monthly to $5 a month for the basic plan up to $49 a month. So those are, those are numbers that we can afford as small business owners for a tool that's going to help us create this content. Uh, going back to the partnerships with Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, what does that mean to me as a user? What is it that I get from that? Is it the integration, click button to post kind of thing? What is it that I'm getting there? Oh, I think just the reason for mentioning that. Yeah, of course, you know, we have like the tools that kind of allow you to really, you know, very easily just automatically post to these various sites. But I think it's more just to, to convey that, hey, you know, like we actually really are experts um, in this whole field and we have the relationships. And so you can trust us that, um, you know, when we say we know what works on Facebook or Twitter or what LinkedIn is doing, that we have that credibility. So it's mainly just, you know, so people know that we're, we are uh, very serious about what we do. Got it. Okay. 
All right. Is there anything I didn't ask you about video marketing, especially from the small business owner perspective? Is there anything that I didn't ask about that you often share as a piece of guidance or advice? Obviously, you've given us very concrete, actionable tips, but just at large, is there anything we didn't talk about that uh, you want to mention? Yeah, you know, I think uh, maybe a, a good kind of our uh, ending thought is um, just really impressing, reminding people or impressing upon people of how much marketing has changed. And I think with not just video, but with social media, how it's for small businesses, it's really leveled the playing field. And it's just a huge opportunity for small businesses right now. Let me be specific. Uh, I remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about this small company um, called, I think they're called Click and Curl. They're like a 10 person company in the Midwest. They make beauty products or they created a, a video um, using Animoto and, and put it on Instagram. The fact that this small company can have their video seen like in the same breath, like just before, after, you know, some uh, like a video from some international powerhouse, like what I don't even know all the like Dior, or Chanel, or L'Oreal, or whatever the other beauty companies are. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is almost unheard of in any other other form of traditional marketing. Like 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 in the days of TV, <laughs> I say that like. TV doesn't exist anymore, but TV that would never be an opportunity um, or even something that would be remotely cost affordable or effective, you know, for a small business. But the fact that, yeah, that, that small businesses like Click and Curl based out of Wisconsin can stand toe to toe with, you know, L'Oreal and Dior who have hundred million dollar marketing budgets. Um, that's amazing. And so I think just to really impress upon folks like, this is this is a this is a massive opportunity, um, and a lot has to do with just how the social platforms really give businesses the folks to get really targeted with who sees their their content, and that, that can be a whole nother discussion. But ultimately, I think the big takeaway is in today's day and age of marketing, we don't have to hope and wait for people to come discover us uh, or discover our websites. We have the opportunity to take take. Our converse, take the message to where the conversation is already happening, and that's on social media. So I think that's a, just maybe a great last thought for folks to remember. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great point. I mean, the, the internet for some time has democratized our access to that same public that a large corporation has or an international entity has from my little home office, and I've been able to do that in a text fashion on my website, on social media, but now with video because of technologies like yours, because of tools like yours, I can produce a video to your point that that is just as good, just as compelling, just as engaging as a multi-billion dollar international corporation. And so it, it brings me to that level of access to those same potential customers. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's an amazing time we live in. And I'm just super excited that people are are starting to kind of take advantage of all this because I, I love I love nothing more than seeing other small businesses be successful because that's yeah. that's that's the world we live in. Yeah, the challenge is for us to just get over the the fear. Really, I think is a lot of it the the hesitancy, the uh, you know the the doubt that we can actually produce something that people want to watch. And again, it's I think it's harder for people my age. I'm in the, my mid fifties because we have this idea of it has to be a polished commercial. I think, I think to generalize, millennials are easier with it. They realize that it doesn't have to be that polished. It just needs to be engaging and it needs to be authentic, right? That yeah, I think that's, that's a, I think that you've brought that up a couple of times. That's an excellent point. And, and it all relates back, I think, to that, 
that notion of authenticity and, and trust. And in some ways, people can kind of see if you're trying to, like I remember when I was trying to do some of my first videos, I, I, I thought it had to be perfect and I had everything like scripted and on this teleprompter, but, I, but you could tell it was kind of like fake feeling. And, and I've had to really learn to um, like just embrace my imperfections. And I, what I've learned is people actually like that because it's more real, it's more authentic. They feel like I'm more trustworthy. Um, and so, yeah, you don't need to, it doesn't need to be overly perfect. It, you don't need to go spend a lot of money to make it, you know, like a super fancy high production thing. You know, maybe if, if it's for a video that's going to sit on your homepage and really be, you know, really be a centerpiece video, if, you know, um, for a long time to come, you want to like, you know, go get some nice photos of your business or video clips. And, but for the types of videos that we're talking about on social media to regularly communicate with your audience, um, don't wait for and it's like people want the real, raw, authentic version of, of you, yourself, and your brand. Agreed. All right. We'll start to, to wrap it up here. Jason, what, what do you love about being an entrepreneur? Oh, gosh. Um, I, uh, I, I love, um, we talked about it, but I love building a, a place that people actually love coming to and, and working at. But I think more than anything, I love, uh, I love just seeing ideas come to life. So that's not just at you know, what we're doing here at Animoto, but even just uh, since we work with small businesses, like I love seeing all these entrepreneurs out there with amazing ideas and like them making these amazing ideas come to life. Uh, to me, there's nothing cooler than that. That's what I love. Yeah. And they're using your tool to create, you know, that's, that's gotta be incredibly inspiring. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm always looking for book recommendations. You, you mentioned delivering happiness earlier. Is there another book that uh, comes to mind that you would recommend? Yeah. Well, actually, I'm, I'm literally in the middle of a book right now that um, I haven't finished it, but I, it's so good. It's called, uh, I think it's called Thinking in Bets by, I want to say, uh, Annie Duke. Oh, um, yeah. I just started that one. My oh, you business did. partner, David, said I had to read it. So it's, it's, I'm looking at it right now. I just started it, but it's a compelling topic, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. And it's just, I love it because especially I think as for small business owners and entrepreneurs, it's like, Sometimes we get hung up on needing all the right information to make decisions. But I think this is all about, you know, it's like at any point in time, you know, you're never going to have perfect information. So take the best information you have and make the best decision you can. Um, and don't be afraid to, you know, to, to make some decisions or to, um, you know, to uh, state what you think you're, you know, we call it thesis for success or, you know, where you think should, things should go. So I don't know. It, so far, it's been great. But I, I'd actually say there's um, at least one or two books here that have really served as almost like Bibles for us here. But one is called uh, Radical Candor. Um, and it's all about creating a culture of, you know, basically being candid in helpful ways. Sometimes I feel like we can be shy about giving people the actual feedback they need. Um, and the other is called The Advantage uh, by Patrick Lencioni. And, and it's all about organizational health and company focus. Um, so all of those books, I, I, I'd highly recommend. Fantastic. Thanks for those recommendations. We'll have links to all of those on the show notes page for this episode at the Yeah. Going back to thinking and bets. I mean, I'm early into it just like you are, but the whole topic of, of the, um, what we take away when we make a wrong decision and how that can very negatively influence us as to how we make decisions. But, you know, we started at the outset with your fascination with pivot tables and data Similarly, I'm, I'm very analytical, and so I can get bogged down in the analysis and not move forward with the decision. 
And yep. so that's part of what's starting to resonate with me with this book as well. Yep. Yep. I definitely recommend the book. All right. What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we've had about video marketing? Uh, well, you know, I think uh, for me, it's, it's, I think folks just need to, to know that video is still only growing in importance. Yeah, video is everywhere, but it's, it's, it's not going in. I think some people, uh, especially with how fast like social media has changed over the years, they're like, you said two years ago it was all about <laughs> What was it like Pinterest? And last year you said it was all about Snapchat. And now you're talking about Instagram. It's like they can't even catch up. I know. Um, despite the fact that social media and the internet and all that's changing really quickly, video is only, no matter what the flavor of the month is for whatever, you know, social media platform or device, video is only growing in importance. And so it's a worthwhile investment. And, you know, and, and other folks are doing video too. So it's, it's, it's not just a, a way to kind of to be ahead. It, it really is kind of a, a best practice now for us as communicating as businesses. So wonderful. Where would you like us to go online to find out more? Well, I thought I was thinking uh, since we covered so many different interesting things, I'm certainly all over social media, but uh, I thought maybe I just set up like a landing page for you guys. Like maybe animoto.com yeah. slash, uh, should we say slash the how of business? Yeah. Or you can just make it how makes it easy. How? Okay. Let's, let's say animoto.com slash how, and I'll put, some interesting links to some, some stuff we talked about. And since uh, I think a lot of folks are interested in like, how do you get started? You know, some interesting links to that type and all my contact information. But um, yeah, so we'll say animoto.com slash how. Um, and, and if folks want, and when, you know, whether you're just getting started with video or trying to figure out how to take things to the next level, don't, don't be shy about getting in touch. I, I, love, I love talking to businesses and just hearing what's going on and what their challenges are and, and you know, how we can be involved. Along those lines, what's your, what's your preferred platform for people to communicate with you directly? Well, uh, I mean, email is great. I'm Jason at animoto.com. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So, uh, you know, my, my handle, we could probably put it in the show notes, but it's yep. Jason underscore Shao H S I A O. So, um, those are two ways. Wonderful. Appreciate it. And again, animoto is a N I M O T O.com forward slash H O W. And uh, Jason will have some great stuff there. Take him up on that. Jason, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for uh, sharing with us all of those details, the great actionable tips. I love that when we get that kind of stuff, that's what we're listening for. And just thanks for making the time to be with us on the show today. Thanks, Henry. It's, uh, thanks for being such a great host. And, and congrats, by the way, on the success of the show. Um, it's been a real privilege to be a part of this. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's because of great guests in part, I think, that uh, has been the reason for the success. So thanks for coming on. This is Henry Lopez. You've been listening to another episode of The How of Business. My guest again was Jason Chow. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.